What's up, friends? Today, I am with good friend Bobby Fleshman of McFleshman's Brewing Co. Absolutely love McFleshman's. Bobby is a awesome guy, soft-spoken, very interesting past. Essentially went from the academic world, you know, scientist studying, you know, space. <laughs> really fascinating stuff. And we go over that in this conversation, which is awesome. Uh, very insightful guy in terms of uh, culture and where things are headed, which I'm obsessed with. And I'm, I'm glad he's in Appleton brewing beer. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation. Five, four, three. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? Why not? We are. <laughs> What's up, friends? We're live with the But Why Not live show and podcast. I'm Evan Frymuth. I'm here with Bobby Fleshman, former Lawrence University professor and one of the masterminds behind the McFleshman's Brewing Company, the newest brewery in Appleton. And we got some beautiful weather, and we're going to be talking about some beer, some beer science. And we got some cool events coming up this summer, um, one of them being the 600 block party, um, which is really cool to see. Basically, the 600 block of West College Ave got together, um, just kind of rallied up as a community and decided to throw a block party. Um, and with the two brewery pillars, just kind of um, making it happen. And it's going to be awesome. So... Uh, yeah, and then also, I also wanted to say, for those of you watching later, we're going to be adding some things to the show. Um, for example, a question of the day. Um, and basically, we just want to kind of interact with you guys. So we're going to let the guests ask a question. And um, we ask that you guys just kind of throw your two cents in, and we'll be sure to reply to those. Um, and we just want to see what kind of community discussions that we can get to occur. Uh, and then housekeeping wise, we have a biking brewery tour because we love breweries as well. Um, we have one in Oshkosh on Thursday and that's just two breweries. It's a nice uh, laid back kind of nighttime ride. Um, starts at Fox River Brewing and then we are doing one uh, with an awesome after party planned for this Saturday um, and the after party's at McFleshman. So super excited about that as well. And that kind of starts uh, check-ins 11 to noon. So you can find those on our Facebook. But uh, Bobby, welcome, welcome to the show. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do we got here? Well, this is uh, this is an English pale ale. Some people call this uh, an English bitter. Okay. And uh, but we tend not to say the word bitter in, in America. When right. We, when, but so we, it's an acronym. It's a McFleshman Special Bitter. So we just call it an MSB. There you go. Cheers. Nice. Um. So if it's an English pale ale, you don't say EPA. You say. Just depends on who, bad depends connotation. On who you ask, yeah. Bad yeah. connotation, environmental yep. protection, or something. Yeah, or, or right. Good, yeah, yeah. Good, depending on who you're talking to, I guess. Yeah. No. It's, so it, there really is no such thing as a as a as an English pale L. Okay. They're they're called bitters. Okay. In their homeland. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. So so McFleshman's just turned a year old, mm -hmm. right? And this kind of your been your baby in a way. Yeah, yeah. Long before anyone saw it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How, so how did that kind of start? Because I remember uh, when I first looked into McFleshman's, uh, I think I found an Instagram account that had about five pictures on it. 
and they were like one was from 2012 one was from 2013 one was from 2014 that's right and then all of a sudden there was a brewery right right, right. Yeah, so I was doing more to work on the brewery than I was to work on uh, social media at the time. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's good. around that time, I was uh, going to brewing school in, in California, uh, Davis, California. And uh, thereafter, my wife and I moved here from Oklahoma. And uh, she took a job at the university, at Lawrence University, and as did I, in fact, for one year. And uh, But the plan was always to open a brewery in a place where it was receptive. Mm -hmm. The community would be, would be receptive, and this was a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Northeast Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to time out. I'm going to turn my phone on silent and I'm going to have you ask the question of the day. Cause I, I just announced it and then I forgot to have you ask a question of the day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go, I guess I'll go a little bit nerdy on this, a little bit beer nerdy. I'm going to ask, I'm going to just say something is in the form of a question. I'm going to say new England hazy IPA. Okay. Go, no go, I guess is the question. And maybe okay. Does that sound good to you or not, basically? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, is that the, so that's where the industry is trending. I wonder if it's locally trending that way as well okay. in people's minds. Okay. So what do people think? You said New England, New hazy? England, uh, IPA? hazy IPAs. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I like it. Um, so, so when your wife got a job here at Lawrence, did you immediately find a job here as well or how? How did that play out? They happened to have a, a physics position at the same time that she took on a, a chemistry position. And uh, so I took that and they, they nice. hired me and that was that was nice because that allowed me to equilibrate, get to know the scientific community, mm -hmm. which is just as important to our story as is the brewing community. Definitely. So so that that was really nice. But my intention again was always to dive right into to brewing. I went to work at Stone Arch after that for about a year and a half and then had been uh, consulting with the Appleton Beer Factory. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, pretty much broke ground on ours about two or three years ago. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So um, you have kind of a, a solid relationship with Appleton Beer Factory. W did you just kind of approach them like just straight up, like I intend to brew or like how, how did that relationship? Yeah, essentially, kinda... yeah. So that's the thing about the craft beer community. It's not really contentious that more are opening we all have our voice and we all resonate with different segments of the of the population. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, no, that, that's never been contentious, but they were some of the first people that I met. Oh, so okay. my wife and I, we, we roll up to the new local brewery at the time they had just opened. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we just got to know the owners actually by talking to the bartender, but the owners were sitting to our left. So we're learning about no them way. through the bartender. <laughs> and finally he just opened up and said, yeah, they're sitting right here. They've been listening to everything you've been asking. <laughs> so, but after that, we, we went off and sampled some beers in their cellar and uh, cool. sampled them several times over and we got to know each other and we've been really good friends ever since. So they're, they're some of the first people we met outside of our jobs. Right. That's really cool. Their name's the Fogels, by the way, they have names. Yeah, for Jeff sure. And ben Fogel and then Leah Fogel. Awesome. Um, so, so, uh, when that got rolling, you obviously had intentions when you had intentions going into the brewery, you were looking for the owners, like asking about them. Did you think that it would happen faster than it, than it did? Cause I know like when I started doing venture Wisconsin, I thought like <laughs> it was going to happen just like that, you know? Yeah. So I think when it comes to either, uh, especially in the brewing world, maybe in any world, mm -hmm. uh, it, timeline or, or, or money wise, it, you, you double your estimate and then you double it again. So that that really is right. what it was you know we thought it would be six months and it ended up being two years mm -hmm. it was a lot of work to get it open yeah. yeah that's that's awesome um was the uh was the david bowie so if people don't know 
McFleshman's is off on State Street. Um, that's right off College Ave. And they have an amazing David Bowie mural. I'm just curious. Was that there already, or did you guys no, have so, a hand in that? So when we, bought, when we bought the building, it would be a while before we would be able to renovate it, and then mm. even longer before we'd be able to open the brewery. Uh, so we wanted to immediately say hello to the community, and this was around the time of uh, election in 2012. No, sorry, be 16. And uh, so, so we reached out to Chad Brady and asked him if he would help us put a Rock the Vote mural on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then he said, sure, but you mind if I spice it up a little bit? Yeah. And so he came back with that, and this is around the time that David Bowie had passed away earlier mm-hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. And he and I both were sort of mourning David Bowie's passing, and so, but, but all the credit goes to, to Chad Brady on that. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing mural. We're oh, really absolutely. Proud of it. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you more, so you're a science guy. Are you more of an art guy or more of a science guy or like where do you find yourself? Yeah, on that, that needle moves back and forth. I think right. that's what draws people to craft brewing in particular mm-hmm. uh, because one day it might be heavy on the science, one day it might be heavy on the art. Mm-hmm. And as science pushes beyond its limitations and there, believe it or not, is a boundary to where science can understand it and it, it moves forward. But mm-hmm. beyond that boundary lies art mm-hmm. and, and you know the manipulation of some of, of what's out there that's not fully understood. So it'll always be the case, no matter mm-hmm. how much we learn right. in brewing and maybe in anything. Right. It's so, yeah, no, I think I think we ha- all are some of this and some of that in craft brewing. I think creative people are both artists and scientists, honestly. Definitely, that's cool. What uh, like what uh, creative arts are you drawn to outside of of just brewing? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm drawn to uh, music. I, I here's my divulgence of of a secret. I've seen Tom Petty 42 times. Had wow. seen him 42 times. Uh, and many other bands, but that one in particular mm-hmm. is an obsession of mine. Mm-hmm. So I love that, and I picked up a guitar subsequently about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and I have s- really stalled out in my ability, but still. You know, it's I've, a time thing, though, I yeah, mean, yeah. I assume. Yeah, it could be, but <laughs> no, I no, I think uh, I, I like to build things. I, nice. I, I have a background as a carpenter. I think I'm better at that than a guitar player, uh, but no, yeah. So when, were the, when will there be a Over the Pint series featuring Bobby Fleshman? Oh my God! <laughs> It'll be when I get some time. Yeah, there you and go. a lot of time and a lot of very loyal and forgiving uh, patrons. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, over the pint Saturdays, right? Every Saturday. Uh, so yeah, let's see. It it happens. I think it happens on Fridays in the Fridays, winter. Okay. Uh, we it, but it happens religiously every Friday during the winter. Now it kind of it gets more sporadic because throughout mm-hmm. the summer we have an outdoor series. Mm-hmm. On, on the stage on the oh, beer okay. garden. So. Is that the same like s- scheduled time and stuff? No, it'll, that'll be Saturdays. And, and yeah, that that will be 7 to 9 all summer, the okay. outdoor music series. Okay. Yeah. What uh, What's your favorite um, Petty song? Oh, my God. From a true fan, obviously. Yeah, right. Because, you know, like when you ask someone yeah. what their favorite song is yeah. and like it's a mainstream guy, they're going to say oh, yeah. Free Fallen or something. Yeah, for sure. But for if sure. you ask a real fan... You well, know. every song on on the album "Wildflowers" and I narrow it down to uh, "Crawling Back to You." Okay, to. yeah. Okay. So that, that's pretty deep, maybe for. But sure. there it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine's "Roll Another Joint" or you oh, don't, you yeah. don't know how yeah, it, feels. Know how it <laughs> feels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was written in irony yeah, because the whole the the young generation always says that, and so he okay. wrote he wrote that in irony it, 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 in reference to their you don't know how it feels. So that's funny. Yeah, finding that out was funny. So, like. How did, like how did you learn so much about Petty like online? Now I'm just curious oh, yeah. as to how you knew that. Oh right, who knows? Because interviews, got, I think yeah, right. Untold amount of interviews out there. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I've 
uh, dove down the rabbit hole, I guess, on like some artists in the past. And it, yeah, it gets interesting. I don't know, like mm-hmm. Bob Dylan and oh yeah, Billy Joel, couple Absolutely. of my yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I guess I wanted to talk about that line that you were talking about where science stops and now you're divulging into art. Um, how like how deep does it get for like the home brewers out there? Let's say there's home brewers that are watching and they're curious about how, like how much it changes when you step up to running a brewery. Well, okay. Right off the bat, I would say, and this probably goes for the art and the science and the technology of it. I would say that I have some of the best and some of the worst beers that I have had are home brewers beers. So you get a really wide spectrum in terms of uh, capabilities and consistency mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, but as far as technology and science goes, that really has nothing to do with whether you're a home brewer or a pro brewer. Uh, some care less than others. You see a full spectrum mm-hmm. in, in either of those fields. The market may bear, may actually call out those in, in, that are doing it professionally without the use of science. Mm. But uh, like being inconsistent or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or unless that's their that's their shtick. Thing, yeah, right. they, they, you could have a, a terroir associated with a brand, and mm-hmm. and I think that's that's working well for some breweries. That's interesting. But yeah, and then I would say that maybe the big difference scaling up from home brewing to to pro brewing would be the technical challenges. How do you go from five gallons to 500 gallons mm-hmm. and it sounds easy you, it's like multiply by 100 but it's not right. there's very to go into it would be a whole show but i think that's mm-hmm. that's i think the hardest thing is how do you reproduce that on that scale how many how many like how many giant batches didn't go as plant like and like how, how do you respond to that like in our brewery or yeah. in any brewery no in yours yeah well first of all every brewery dumps beer mm-hmm. uh the rest lie so, <laughs> sure. the, the, so I mean, you know, they should. Mm-hmm. Everybody has got to look the when you do it professionally. You have to look at yourself in the mirror, and not be so seller blind. We call it seller blind. Uh, the, these are these are going out to people that you can't meet. You can't you can't talk them down. They're paying money for it, mm-hmm. and uh, so so that said, you know, I, I would argue that it's probably something like when you're starting off, five to ten percent mm-hmm. of your beers should should be assessed for quality i mean really really considered as to whether to destroy it or not right and as you get your bearings it may be down to one to three percent but okay yeah dialing it ends everything gotcha mm-hmm. is there ever been a moment where you're you're just like on the fence and it kind of like pulls on you a little bit like pulls on your heart i guess yeah i find myself on the other side of that though i become the opposite of seller blind i'm mm. hypercritical so but yeah, I see that. I, I I I see it both ways on different days. But by and large, I, I yeah, I'm the opposite of seller blind. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So like, where do you consider yourself on the spectrum between like, between getting scientific about it and um, not caring about the consistency as much? Okay, quality for me, and I think most people would agree, the definition of quality is reproducibility, mm-hmm. and that is paramount in mm-hmm. the brewing industry. So for me, I'd say I'm definitely, uh, I want to be a consistent brewer for sure. And that even goes for some of your sour beers that are aged in, in wood and things that, where people tend to say, well, just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Even that has, you know, we can do some, we can reproduce it to some extent. Mm-hmm. So definitely count me in on the, on the camp that wants to have control. That's good. Yeah, I th- I think like long. It it seems like the the long term move, I guess, if you want to figure out what you can do. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, talk to your any any German brewer, and they would be appalled with the idea of there being another way. Right. Yeah. There's only one way. That's fine. So. 
Is that where you learned, or, or what, I actually learned learn? from two uh, English brewers, but mm. they they were versed. They were they were worldly in in, mm-hmm. in the beer world, uh, universal in the beer world. So, but yeah, what's something that would surprise like me about the beer world? I guess so. Like, so you say English brewers, you say German brewers. Like, is there any place that brews that like has like a very specific style that maybe isn't the most popular that, or maybe not the most well-known in this market that I would be like surprised about? Oh, let's see. You mean like a a style that hasn't yet reached? Uh, Yeah. Like whether it's like, or just like, I don't know. I guess like, like our Mexican beers are really German lagers, actually. Okay, I was going to say, like, yeah. is that a Mexican yeah. style? Is that... It, it's really a German lager. Yeah, okay. you, you like a Vienna lager, which is relative to uh, an Oktoberfest. All that's kind of evolved into all these so-called Mexican styles of beers. Okay, so... Yeah. Because it's popular down there, I'm guessing? Because they, they occupied it in, at one point. Okay. So Germany controlled and occupied. Uh, and that's where a lot of their music is derived from, if you listen to it as well. Like polka yeah. and yeah. stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, like... Uh, so where like where do most major beer styles come from i would say that if you're talking about style i i have to think you're talking about something where we're really controlling a process trying to get to a certain target right i have to say then by and large many many places within bavaria and germany and austria the czech republic i would think that's where most of these quote styles come from but then when you look at the ale world where porter started to come about and then stouts and so on Mm -hmm. um that would have uh that's england of course okay so there there are places that really got a handle on the process and then mm-hmm. they start to actually uh, put labels on what they what these beers are it also involves uh global marketing right because mm-hmm. now you, ipa might be one of the first uh globally marketed products india pale ale was mm-hmm. sent to india from the uk so it didn't need a name when it lived in its homeland but maybe right. it starts to have to have a name when it goes out into the, the right ether. People like labels. Yeah, yeah. People really like labels. And at the end of the day, really water, local water sources really determined all these different styles of beers. Really? And they found out what malts work well with that water because they didn't really know much about the chemistry, but they knew, hey, if I put dark malts in a, a Dublin water source, lo and behold, I have myself a Guinness. Okay. So, and it goes on and on. IPAs from Burton-upon-Trent. And now, is, and yeah. now we can just know like the chemistry now chemical can, profile of the water we can make that water anywhere now right yeah okay so, yeah if you know what you're doing you can make that water anywhere you go gotcha mm-hmm. so in india in india pale ale indian pale ale um yeah india pale ale mm-hmm. so that's not like like india didn't create that no it's no like a, it was sent to, to india uh, on board these these shipping vessels so i guess 300 years ago okay and it, it would have been a wooden cask and it would have gone sour on the way had they not hopped it to the level that it is. Really? So that's why we ended up with that style. And we developed a, a liking for it. They right. put it in as a preservative effect, but uh, it right. ended up like liking anything, it. Yeah. Right? The more you yeah <laughs> exposed to it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the, so hops are the closest relative to cannabis. So I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that beyond THC, there's something to hops that makes us all really want more of them. So I don't <laughs> leave <laughs> sure. that to another sure. scientist, but yeah. <laughs> Just like a, a super attractive plant family, yeah, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. They really like humans. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's funny. Do you want to... Should we pour another one? or? Oh, that's up to you. I, I'm down. Yeah. Let's see. I'll take these off. Yeah. You want to do a Brute IPA? 
Yeah, let's yeah, do let's it. Let's do a brood IPA. Okay. So Bobby brought an entire, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, true. I I asked him to bring some beers. (laughs) I said, let's have some fun. So we're having some McFleshman beers, um, and the, the English bitters, right? English bitters. Yeah. That was an English, that was an English bitter. That was good. I like that. This guy is a, this is a brute IPA. It's going to be more champagne like. Okay. Of an IPA. What's your favorite kind of beer? Doppelbach. I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> so Doppelbachs are my favorite. Actually, sitting on the table here is a Mybox. That's a lighter gravity, lower alcohol version of a Doppelbach. Okay. And what's a Doppelbach? Doppelbach is a, it's a really malty style of beer that originated in, in Germany four or 500 years ago. But yeah, this nice. beer this beer that we're pouring right now is in reference or uh, in response to rather those hazy juicy ipas that i asked the question on earlier yeah so this is drier not juicy it's as it's as dry as a champagne cheers cheers oh that's easy i like that right yeah it's got all the tan all the uh, grapefruit lemon kind of right. citrusy character it's really dry yeah in the finish definitely my favorite is sour yeah so i, I just like tart i don't know yeah yeah sour literally yep. mm-hmm. um yeah we got but yeah those are quite a process yeah we we've been working on a, a, a program to make sour beers okay and that takes years yeah so, so three years on we've been doing that at, at are you keeping them in the basement at, at abf we are yeah yep i talked to ben about it a little bit yep when we were filming for the the block party that's right yeah so you'll see uh lambic style beers coming out of our, our program soon nice yeah i'm excited it takes time yeah that's so cool i always wonder like how like how can there be six year cheese and it's like not even that it's not that expensive you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like just seems like something you would pay an arm and a leg for yeah with with beer though you're you're more proactive the the cheese i mean to some extent i'm sure you're you're regulating the humidity and the temperature Mm -hmm. but you're not going in there and adding bugs and and monitoring the ph and you know you're not putting your hands in that cheese so often Mm -hmm. i'm saying that uh, naive to the process altogether, but mm-hmm. but I, I think you're a little more involved when it comes to the, the beer. Yeah, the, the cheese needs time. Is is it just like, um, is that something that you just like put it out and it's, it goes away quickly, or or you have enough of a stock where it lasts? Well, it's why you don't, you don't build a brewery that makes only lambics unless you right. have a really really large. Uh, large wallet because you have to have a big warehouse to to get that kind of uh volume mm-hmm. um, a lot of barrels <laughs> a lot of barrels yeah and i mean it could grow it could grow into that over time but mm-hmm. right now yeah we just, it's a little side project but okay. when it comes out people love it you know we've, we've made some fruited beers and really what people don't know about those fruited beers we've been releasing <clears throat> these so-called tart beers we've been making uh they were the first steps toward that lambic series Okay. So where you have to build your culture. It takes years to get that acidity and not let it just run rampant. Your culture meaning like Oh, the culture of, of bacteria, sorry, and yeast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the in the in, barrels. In the barrels and in the in the slurry left behind. Yeah. So you like keep that from Yeah, you never want to rinse that entirely because that's what you're working so hard to grow. Wow. Yeah. And then eventually you just get like a seasoned and more consistent, hopefully. Yep, exactly. Wow. That's and, really and, cool. and we've done some research on the bacteria and the yeast that are involved in the process. So we, we have actually a really, uh, 
a firm understanding of what's going on in these barrels. Wow. Yeah, with Lawrence University and some of the students and their senior projects. Really? We've been working on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, does your does um, does your wife kind of like get into the beer chemistry of all that stuff too? Yeah. So she's a chemist. Uh, she's the she would tell you she's the least chemist of the chemists because she's sure. more of a physical. She is a physical chemist. Okay. And that is to say, she really looks at how ions move and how the, the molecules, uh, let's see, conductivity and so on, how those properties uh, play into reactions and electrical flows and so on. Mm. But she it's almost more in the physics yeah that's how we know each other yeah, yeah we started as physicists <laughs> yeah. and i became I, I joke about this i became a uh, chemical physicist and she became a physical chemist because <laughs> my research was in studying the atmosphere of saturn really so yeah but that's crazy but no i don't know where it got derailed there but uh yeah she has helped uh she has helped she she mediates she becomes the liaison between the university and the brewery. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I know that you're very passionate about like things like um, respect, inclusivity, community. Um, how, like how important is it to you guys to be able to work with local academics and be able to pass on knowledge and be able to learn and... Well, so what they can do in the lab are they have access to equipment we don't. Mm -hmm. And the, the equipment that they and so they, can, they can they can help us answer questions that we could not otherwise answer. But on the other hand, we allow we make for a sort of a translational lab setting for them. They're doing fermentations or whatever in a tiny flask on their on their bench top. Mm -hmm. We could do it in 600 gallon mm -hmm. batches, and that that's going back to what I was saying about scalability, and how right. do you go from five gallons to 500? Mm -hmm. You got to really understand some of that the dynamics that are involved. So nice. we we kind of help one another out. Right. They, they have more fundable research if they can prove it works on a brewery. Mm -hmm. So will there, has there been, or will there ever be some sort of like masters? Like does Lawrence have masters? They, they have, and I'm not certain if they do currently, and I probably shouldn't say it, but, I, but I'll say this much. There, there are plans to, yes, to have a, a fermentation science master's degree. Yeah, so, that'd be really cool. Because I don't even myself know the, the details of how it's going to play out or if right. it will at all. But there's interest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You would need some passionate faculty and some passionate students. Yeah. And proof of uh, ROI. Right. Yeah. Return on their investment. So, but yeah, we would be, we would be uh, important to that. We would be serve as sort of a more of what we've been doing. Yeah. Right. That'd yeah. be awesome. Mm -hmm. Dang. And so why don't you like, tell me about the, um, the education part of McFleshman's. Cause I think that's plant, like starting to build now. Yeah. So we've started by doing a couple of classes, and that's kind of, <laughs> so by and large, been for home brewers, and uh, just just people that are just interested in beer uh, mm -hmm. from a pedestrian standpoint. But we want to grow that into uh, something where we can teach someone that wants to get into owning their own craft brewery, that they can take these classes and and, and learn like the the basics of what they need to know, scaling those that up from their garage. That's cool. Um, but there's also larger programs out there in Chicago. And like I, with me, it was in Davis, California. But not a lot of people can afford six months and all the money and the investment it takes to do those courses. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in the middle, we want to serve as that. We want to serve as take our two-week course, say, and then go on to a Siebel Institute, which is in Chicago, if, oh, you, if okay. you really mean to take mm -hmm. more. And go, if you want to go, go to deeper. the next step, right. But yeah, we, we see ourselves as sort of a satellite or a middle ground for that eventually. Almost like a step above homebrewers or a way that homebrewers could 
like up their skills. Yeah, for sure. Nice. And, and then the third piece of that is we want to work for breweries as in we want to be a quality lab for breweries that don't have the resources or the desire to do their own kind of quality at the level that we could provide. And so is that something that's being built out the quality of testing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and part of that lab will be on site and part of that lab will be at Lawrence university. Okay. So some of that equipment won't be feasible to buy nor fit into our building. So, right. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, I think that's awesome. That's exciting. It, it just means like, I don't know. You got to, you got to bit when you build it, they'll come kind of a thing. You know, it's like people with, obviously you have a vision. That's what you just explained to me is things that you're working toward. Mm -hmm. Um, and you build it and it's like Wisconsin or maybe Northeast, maybe all of Wisconsin can hopefully benefit to become this beer capital that I feel in my perception, we've kind of either been before or kind of already are, you know? Yeah, I think, well, what was it? It was uh, gold, and then it was oil, and I think that maybe water's the next rush. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting that close to it. a lot of water. Yeah. So, and and honestly, I mean, truthfully, I think that's going to drive commerce in general. Mm -hmm. And think about an industry like brewing and and how water-intensive that it is. I think that we're going to see more and more breweries here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Even if they're distributing largely outside of the state, I think you'll see a lot of breweries making beer here simply for that reason Mm -hmm. more centrally located and they have access to this kind of water yeah it fascinates me that there's like craft breweries in like arizona like phoenix and golf courses yeah Yeah. like why right (laughs) you know yeah but yeah i mean you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. have you ever seen blue gold or it's like a documentary about that no anyway i can imagine yeah it's same literally what you said Mm -hmm. like next rush is water Mm -hmm. like uh they talk about how like nestle has like yeah oh yeah i've, I've yeah read the Michigan headlines yeah. And stuff yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. but yeah so i think that's awesome i i love what you guys are doing and i think you guys run a great brewery and just as since you brought it up slightly or as a tangent mm-hmm. i resource management is important to me so mm-hmm. we're really looking at that i'm a physicist at heart so mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of thing that i think i contribute to the to the industry a firm understanding about water and energy right resource management that's awesome mm-hmm yeah, literally figuring out water and energy are going to be big things for humanity soon. So. Yeah, exactly. And in the brewery, we're really just moving heat around half the time mm-hmm. and spraying water. That's right. all. We're just doing that all the time. <laughs> we're, we're janitors, by the way, first on all of our business cards. It might as well see janitors because yeah. cleaning all the time. That's funny. Um, so, okay, so we have a big event coming up. I think the the 600 block party is a cool thing. Uh, basically, everyone I talk to... When I press for more info, they always say it's Bobby's brainchild. Um, so if I could attempt to explain it, it seems like you felt that the West End um, could come together to benefit your, like each other, right? Kind of rise above. And uh, so now you have this event coming up. It's not this Saturday, but it's the Saturday after. Why don't you kind of explain to people what, what's going on at the 600 block? Well, first of all, I. Th- you're right. It was the West End we cared about, not the 600 block. It's only. Mm-hmm. But we don't have much to say or do with the other blocks. But we, this can serve as an archetype, mm-hmm. so a prototype or for what other blocks could do. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe the city comes together on a West End, West End kind of festival all its own someday. So we just think of this as a seed. Okay. So, so the idea is it's already actually growing outside the 600 block as we speak. So other mm-hmm. businesses are getting on board. So the, the idea was we, we make beer. Mm-hmm. And 
there's it's the social lubricant social lubricant and so we're gonna make uh, we're gonna exploit that that mm-hmm. us being the beer factory and and McFleshman's and we'll bring the beer and we'll bring the music and then everyone else their job is to bring their tent set up and uh, park a Corvette in front of their tent because that's the best way to get people to show up and, and hear your spiel <laughs> yeah. but I mean tongue-in-cheek I mean that tongue-in-cheek I want pe- them to get exposure from this all the local businesses we just kind of provide the venue under which that would occur. Mm-hmm. This is not a, a promotional event for McFleshman's or, or no. the Beer Factory. Now, which I do, think is why it's so great. Yeah, we do get promotion. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're there and we're hosting the thing. But I want to make sure that this is e- equally uh, promoting all of the businesses adjacent to us. And each one has their stories. Mm-hmm. We're actually next door now to the oldest family business in Appleton now that Gabriel's Furniture is out. Wow. And that's the that's bicycle the bike shop. shop. Yeah. yeah. She's celebrating her 80th yeah. anniversary, and that's actually happening the same day. This, yeah. <laughs> so she's cutting a cake and walking that around the same day. Yeah. So, I mean, each one of these businesses is going to find a way. Uh, John from Floatlight mm-hmm. is also going to make sure that he puts on a, uh, a, a, a shindig on his own parking lot, which is all of 100 feet away. Right. So it really is a block party yeah. in every sense. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. And, and I, I don't know if I mentioned, but we have three bands planned. And actually, a fourth band uh, to nice. conclude. It's going to kind of move off the street for that, but yeah. Okay. Into one of the breweries, or and uh, in, in our beer garden, just south of okay. uh, our McFleshman's. Right. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Mm-hmm. That'll be awesome. Free event, right? Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Just buy the beer. That's it. Right. Show up and hear the spiel, and there'll be raffles and all kinds of things. Like the, the, we had a winter version of this. Yep. And we we bounced it back and forth between the breweries, and that was a lot of fun. But this will be a lot easier to manage. I think we'll get more people, being that it's not zero degrees. Right. But uh, yeah, I think it's. I think that that was a nice way to advertise this, and and I think it's in in people's consciousness. I think it's going to do well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Absolutely. So the twenty second Saturday, um, when does it get rolling? Uh, I think I think the first band kicks off at one, and then I think that goes until like six, and then we take it off the street. Okay. Now, if it does rain, people needn't worry. We'll we'll have a contingency to bring that inside of the beer factory because they yeah. have a, a sufficient a capacity yeah mm-hmm. but sweet. i sweet fingers crossed sweet mm-hmm. um so what what's what's uh what's new in bobby's life you said you're distributing more yeah. beer yeah does that mean more tap handles <laughs> yeah it, how do you mean more tap handles like right. like you're in other bars on their tap mm-hmm. handle mm-hmm because you said that and we're actually making our own tap handles oh, okay. and that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, more tap handles, but we're not looking to knock other breweries off. Mm. So we're trying to find a way to get in there without knocking other craft breweries off. Mm-hmm. Notice I did say craft breweries because there's plenty of the, the big threes out there, the Budweiser's and the, and the Miller that product. That you wouldn't mind. That uh, yeah, right. Not let's, as let's have it be local, you know, whatever right. the case. Let's not get into what's big, what's small. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, try to, let's try not to ship our beer from five states over there's no need for that anymore right so that's kind of where we're going we're going to look at those handles uh we're also coming up with some creative ways to to put our english ales the one that we just had at the beginning here where this english Mm -hmm. uh bitter actually we're not drinking it the way it's meant to be drank it's meant to be uh served out of a cask and it's meant to be served warmer Okay. And and less carbonated and all those things it makes it softer and mm-hmm. but you can't really get that on at a bar there's too much there's too much infrastructure right we're working on a way so we're, we okay. patented a device that it basically holds cradles this firkin and keeps it exactly the right temperature 
it's going to do a lot of other things like uh, CO2 dispersion, a lot of things it's got to do just right. So we filed right. for a, a patent on that. So that's a new handle that they didn't even have before we got there. Okay. So we're not, we're not cannibalizing the craft industry by right. doing that. We're that's adding another one to the lineup. Is that one of the kind of pump crank? Yeah. The, those are called beer engines. Okay. Yeah. They're just water well pumps. I mean, they, right. they, they're $700 water well pumps, but they're water <laughs> right. well pumps. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. They look really awesome, but but yeah. they're not so awesome oh, yeah right yeah. very expensive right yep. yeah that's one of the first things i noticed i feel like when i first went to mcfleshman's it's just like it's novelty right it is novelty for most probably not for yeah, you yeah but, <laughs> but it's not gimmicky you know that's the mm -hmm. thing a lot of people might put them in because oh we're we're branded as an english pub we better have one of these right we kind of built the tap room around the idea of having beer engines mm -hmm. and to have four of them i can't name another brewery or bar in the state mm -hmm. i think i've heard mention of one in the entire state that has four of those wow so that's how rare that is now wow. if you go to london you might see them all over right not in wisconsin that's cool yeah and that all comes down to the respecting the beer and yep yeah you, you start early you, you plan from the beginning to do something like that it's hard to do it later that makes sure. sense yeah big uh big investment yeah like today um shane's in there shane's our head brewer and he's he's uh racking which is to say he's filling these these firkins up uh today and he's doing 27 of them those are the english milds so then if you go to England and have that, it's like your your session beer by every definition. It's three point one percent, and it's a brown ale that you can consume at lunch and afternoon and so on. Right. So yeah, it's look look for that. But but that's the kind yeah. of style that we're trying to resurrect that doesn't exist. You know, trying to go back to its roots. That's awesome. How do you how do you keep your finger on the pulse of of brewing? Is it <laughs> of, is there, of uh, what people like? No, I guess so. I guess you probably have to approach it from what people like rather than what you like, right? Well, this is a this is a tough question. Mm -hmm. So, if you start following the market, that's all you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You're just going to follow it like a plinko. Never going to stop, yeah. So, but at the same time, you know, if everyone does want hazy IPAs, and that's all that they want, mm -hmm. you got to find your way. You got to find a way to, to differentiate yourself within that market. Mm -hmm. And I think that's I think that's the I don't know how to better to answer that. The market's going to govern how much you can stick to your guns versus how much you you uh, you have to just follow it you mm -hmm. have to just move with it i i personally stick pretty pretty uh, strictly to my guns at this point mm -hmm. and as you can see when you walk into our place we we really push hard on on these these four beer engines but also in the ways that we make loggers and the number of loggers that we do mm -hmm. so that's our split personality that's a dichotomy of mcfleshman's as we do these these classic english and german beer styles right and when someone may argue that there was a war fought between the two but right. i just i look at them only from the context of beer they're, they're they're classic and there's a reason why they're classic that's awesome um do you do you think you'll ever do you have a flagship beer in your mind or do you think you ever will or do you in think terms of sales in terms of popularity mm -hmm. yeah pirates cove is our german hellas it's our light lager it by far and away is is our top seller and we, we expected it would be. Mm -hmm. we, we, knew, we knew our demographic, and we knew the styles that we wanted to make. So we, we knew in the beginning that, that that's the one that would take off. And I say knew, but we had a good feeling, and it, and it seems to have yeah. done really well. Yeah. But, but if I had, uh, let's see, if I had to pick a number two, 
I don't know this 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 today anyway. This is selling. This is our champagne. This is that brute IPA. It's I really doing, like it's that. It's doing so well in the market. That was uh, good. People are really responding to that. Yeah. But back to what I said, you got to be careful because uh, you don't want to just follow trends. Mm-hmm. And so, how did we get into all of this? Uh, not English and not German part of what we do. Well, I add one more, uh, one more category, and that's West Coast inspired beers, because that's where I studied. And that's where I spent a lot of time actually right. when I was a physicist. Yeah. So we, this is a San Francisco inspired beer. Okay. And so that's allowed. And so we can have the English, German, and San Francisco. <laughs> and if we want to make a hazy, what yeah. we do, we call our friends at Fifth Ward Brewing Company. Okay. And we say, let's brew a hazy. And we'll call it a collaboration. And then we didn't sell our souls in the process. Okay. But, yeah. So that's the true sticking to your guns that you're talking about. Is yeah. Yeah, you got to balance it out. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fifth Ward is the second brewery we're going to on Thursday. Yep. So oh, man, they're, they're making killer beer. Great guys, yep. for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, so the year after they went through the entrepreneurship programs at UW Oshkosh, I went through for basically this. Yeah. But kind of for that app I was telling you about, yep. I think, before yep. we went live. Yeah, yep. um, yeah, very cool. Um, awesome. I think I had I had one other question. Yeah, as, lo- as long as we're here, do you have to get going or are you good? I'm good. Okay. Why don't you, like, what's the story behind, um, like, meeting Layla and, like, taking the whole crew with you? Like, how, how did the how did the crew assemble at McFleshman? Oh, they were dismembered and then reassembled. <laughs> so we, so Shane, Shane and I, Shane, our head brewer, and I, we, we homebrewed together, and I, I started homebrewing in, I don't know, 2006, and, and Shane started homebrewing around 2008, I think it was, and we kind of met up in, in, in our local homebrew club, which was called the yeasty boys so yeah the last so yeah so layla and layla cowper our tapper manager and, yeah. and alice and my wife uh were both yeasty boys and people would say isn't that doesn't mean you're yeasty girls and no no yeah. no this is a really bad name choice right. uh so in hindsight in hindsight it was but anyway uh, so we met in the homebrew club, and uh, we were the only two that were as serious as we are, because mm-hmm. everyone that gets into home brewing is going to open a brewery. You know, right. give them two years, I'm opening a brewery. Right. <laughs> and you, two years down the road, either home brewing becomes too much, or you realize the economics behind going pro. Right. the heck with that. I'm not going mm-hmm. that far. Um, but he and I just stuck with it, and then eventually my wife and I were in the middle of doing our, our PhDs and, and then some postdoc work. And then was that at UC Berkeley? Uh, U, at UC Davis. Uh, I did my, I did my PhD. Uh, essentially I did it in Boulder, Colorado. That's where, okay. that's where the, the center that studied, uh, that, 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 that ran the, the probe of Saturn that I worked on. Wow. So <laughs> I, I worked there. Uh, but Saturn was something I studied for my PhD. That's another podcast. Let's yeah, do I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, let's do that another day. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, but also living in Boulder has inspired me to, do, to be a brewer because there's so much good beer there. Right. So that was nice. Um, but so so what did we do? Uh, where was I? I started thinking about no, Boulder. No, did, yeah. did you go from Boulder to yeah. Oklahoma? So then as, as soon as that, I did a postdoc in Boulder, and then, and then I spent – the next couple of well about a year in in davis california furthering my education okay applying the science that i know toward uh, fermentation science okay and then my wife was looking allison was looking for a job and she says look i'm gonna 
get it. I have offers in Delaware, Australia, and Wisconsin. Do any of those, uh, are any of those suited for opening a brewery? And back to that easy answer. Uh, so we didn't know about winters maybe as right. much as we do now, <laughs> but it was an easy answer then. So right. that, so that brought us here. So then, okay, two people can't build a brewery. And besides that, she's not, I mean, she helps, but she's not a full time at the brewery or anything. Mm -hmm. So we need more people. Yeah. And I remembered that Shane and Layla wanted to go down the same path mm -hmm. and to kill two birds with one stone. They needed to, they, they didn't want to have to go through what we had gone through to get to this point. We needed more hands on deck. We called them up, convinced them, not telling them what we did know at that time about winter. Uh, we convinced them to make their way up here and he would become our head brewer and Layla would run the tap room and I would be sort of a production manager, mm -hmm. which is overseeing the, all of that stuff. But they they were as happy as a lark and they have been ever since no matter what we've thrown at them they've been ha happy as a lark also there's another piece of this my sister uh, is my business partner Cindy. yeah mm -hmm. so we brought her up from oklahoma as well so i think once we counted up i think with all the the people that were uh, straggling along i think we have now 19 people that we've drugged from oklahoma to wisconsin wow <laughs> yeah that's so we're really all cool. in yeah we're all in. I mean, that's say. the opposite migra migration path yeah, yeah. that's that's mm -hmm. that's how you reverse the migration though <laughs> like the out migration mm -hmm. um as funny as it is that out migration especially of young people mm -hmm. is like one of the reasons like that venture wisconsin exists is right show young people that this place is happening you absolutely know? yeah and uh yeah that's awesome the the other so so you're doing that i think that's that's freaking awesome and then uh the other thing is like if you're familiar with like cory chisel the refuge program mm -hmm. Like just the fact that it, he's got artists like moving here. It's just, it's a cool, it's a cool community thing to have for sure. Right. So right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bobby. I love the story. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, uh, it's, uh, new England hazy IPAs. Yeah. That's the question slash sometimes they call they're called new England IPAs. Sometimes they're called hazy. Okay. Sometimes they're called juicy. Okay. But the question is, my question is, uh, is that where it's going? I, I mean, I'm asking if that's what people are wanting. And we were seeing that mm -hmm. trend nationally, but are we going to hold to our, our uh, what do you call it, the traditional roots here? Right. Because this is where, this is where lager really was born is in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to see if we're going to stick our gun to our guns. Okay. Ours being in Wisconsin. But uh, I wonder, I wonder, is it going to just die? Are we all just drink hazy beers and make juice for the rest of our life? Sorry, I don't mean to impose no. my own <laughs> opinion on all this. No, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. question of the day is New England hazy IPAs. Do you want it or don't you? Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much. Bobby Fleshman, McFleshman's new brewery in Appleton. Just turned a year old. You guys got to check it out. Don't miss our biking brewery tour with them this Saturday. Uh, them and the three other breweries in Appleton. Don't miss the 600 block party on the 22nd. That's going to be a great show. This is the But Why Not podcast. I'm Evan Frymuth. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Bobby Fleshman. Again, so glad he's in our community. And shout out to where brewing in Wisconsin is headed. Uh, I love that conversation. I hope you did too. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.